Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Good chodesh, good chodesh, Rabotai. Today, breakfast on the class is dedicated in honor of Tamar Bat Esther on the occasion of her birthday, Rosh Chodesh Adar. We understand that she is Rabbi Fari's number one fan in Panama. May she be blessed to watch, listen to many more breakfasts and classes. Ya Eni. Whenever I get a one like that, I always have to show it to the camera so they know I don't. Just making up these things. Okay. Also, the lovely memory of Ms. Lily Safali, Nishmat Leabat Khan, her philanthropies reached so many throughout the entire world. Mazal uh, Mabruk to Michaela and Daniel Riedler on the birth in Israel of their daughter, Leah Adira. Tiskul Gadlat Dorada Hapal Masim Tovim, Mazal to the grandparents, Harry and Lori Riedler, and to Chantel, and to our very own Rabbi David Beebe, to the great grandparents and the extended family, Chantel by Chantel and Rabbi David Beebe. She also be Fuashilema. A breakfast in the class also dedicated for complete refuah of our Rabbanit Chana Farchi Chana Batzim Afega and Rabbi Eli Abadi Elav Shimon Ben Mazal Fortuna. Please make brachot for their refuah. Also, my friends, breakfast in the class dedicated for speedy and complete refuah for David Ben Chana. David Zaytun is sponsored by his son Remy Zaytuni. His surgery is today. Bezat Hashem, the surgery should all go. Very well, inshallah. Uh, Breakfast in the class is sponsored for Rabbi Nichana Farchi. Chana Sim, but Fegafu Ashlem are sponsored anonymously. And in loving memory of Joseph's father, Elliot Safra, Lunishpat Eliyahu Ben Jamil Yaakov, sponsored by Michelle and Joseph Safra. Um, David E. Ash is our constant week, uh, week of cold brew. Uh, he sponsors it constantly for you, in honor of you and your substantial capacity to good today and every day. Uh, last but not least, today's sponsorship is dedicated. In loving memory of Dr. Sami Nisim Hasbani, father of uh, Rafi Hasbani, uh, one of the pillars of our community, and Nisim uh, Ben Nisim, and Yosef Hasbani, Yosef Ben Amelia, Hashem Yinkom Et Nikmato, sponsored by Rafi Hasbani. They're, they're both brothers that passed away, and their uh, Mishmara is together is this week. Um, and uh, his, uh, his, the story with his uncle is there was a, a Palestinian in Halab, in uh, Sham that was starting up with the young Jewish girls, and he stepped up to try and protect them, and the man unfortunately stabbed him at 17 years old, and he was murdered, Al-Kiddush Hashem, trying to protect Jewish girls. Hashem yinkum damo, Hashem also should, in the zechut of a Sadiq that passes away like that, we're gonna talk a little bit about this today, and in the zechut as well of your father Rafi, we should be zochet to have him, to go up to heavens and ask, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we should be zochet to have only a month of simcha, only Yeshuot, only Rifuat Shlema, all the wonderful things that we need. Today should be a, a day of birthdays, a week of month of, uh, of happy occasions, Bezat Hashem. And everyone should get the news that they're looking for, whatever it is that they're asking from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. My friends, I want to share with you a little bit of an interesting journey um, in, the, in, in, the, uh, uh, in the Sefer. It's brought down primarily in Doresh Sion, and uh, I thought I would share with you because I found it fascinating. We talked already about this idea of making a space for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the various vessels uh, and what they do and what they achieve uh, for the wider story, if you will, of, uh, of the Jewish people's attempt to create Dira Batachtonim, a home for God in this world. And the Pasuk says, And you will place on your table Lechem Panim, face bread or show bread, depending on how you want to translate it. Lefanai tamid, it should be in front of me always. Now I want to point out, this is very interesting, because as an example, when the Torah tells you in Parashat Tirumah to build the Aron, so what does it tell you after it tells you how to build the Aron? 
Nothing. Build Aaron. Does it tell you about the Ketoret? That the Ketoret needs? Doesn't say anything. The Torah tells you about the Menorah. Does it tell you about lighting the Menorah? No. It's not the place. We're telling you how to build the vessels. No, imagine a guy comes to install your kitchen. You ask him for, a, you know, the guy's installing the refrigerator, the, the washing machine, the, excuse me, the, uh, the oven. Tell how much experience I have in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, and in the laundry room. Uh, the guy, he tells him, install, install the oven. The guy's not asking him for his recipe, the contractor, for veal piccata. How I'm going to use the oven that you installed is not relevant to the installation of the oven. Right? So when you tell me about the Aaron, you don't tell me about the Ketoret. When you tell me about building the menorah, you're not going to tell me, right? When you tell me about the, 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 the Mishkan, you're not going to tell me about walking into the Mishkan, the Halachot of Tum'ah and Tahara by walking in. This is just the building part. But yet, specifically when it comes to the Shulchan, the Pasuk says, V'natata ala Shulchan lechem panim lefanai tamid. As we say in Yiddish, menen lewen. From where to where? Sorry, Simon. <laughs> like that one. Okay? What does that have to do with anything? It seems as if the concept of the lechem panim being on the shulchan tamid is a part not of the sacrifice or the avodah of the mishkan, which appears in other perashiyot, but rather is a part and parcel of the actual construction of the essence of the shulchan itself. Having the bread there always. Now, it's interesting, because technically, let's look at the other vessels. Really, none of the other vessels have this concept where there's a continuity all the time of something on that object. So as an example, the Aaron. What avodah is associated with the Aaron, the Kodesh HaKodeshim? Only really one thing, right? The Ketoret. One could argue the Hazayot, the, the uh, sprinkling of the blood towards the Kodesh HaKodeshim, one could argue that as well, right? But really, there's no korban that's constantly being done there. The Mizbeach has a cycle of many different things. Now there's a Tamid, you, Tamid, the word Tamid means always, right? But as Rashid points out, there's different kinds of always. Right? Is that, is that true? Right? There's different kind of always. Always could be every day. Always could be on my birthday, I always, but that's once a year. Right? Uh, every year, uh, uh, at, my, at my 25th wedding anniversaries, if the guy is married a few times and is lucky enough to be married to multiple women 25 years, he could say, I always say at my silver wedding anniversary, right? You understand me? Always could be uh, at any given amount of time. So we have the word tamid by the korban tamid. It's called the korban tamid. How, how tamid is the korban tamid? Every morning, every night. It's not all day. You see me? You see where I'm going with this? Where is the only thing in the Mishkan or in the Beit HaMikdash which is there without stop? 24-7, 365. The Lechem HaPanim. That's it. It never moves. In fact, they would keep the Lechem HaPanim there the entire week. And then what would happen at the end of that week? They would push the Lechem HaPanim off the table with the new Lechem HaPanim. So it was constant lechem apanim. Now that's an interesting thing, because you have the vessels are made out of gold, out of cedar wood, but it almost as is, it's almost as if the shulchan, the construction of the shulchan was gold, wood, and bread. 
What's going on? Is the Shulchan carb loading? What's happening here? So I want to look into this idea with a little bit of a, a little bit of an insight. The Zohar, Sefer Dores Sion writes, I'm not such an expert in Zohar, but the Sefer, Dores Sion brings a magnificent Sefer. He brings my, one of my father's favorite books, actually. He brings that the Zohar says that on Shabbat, when a person is finished with the bread on Friday night, they should leave a piece of bread on the table from Friday night until Shabbat morning. You could clear everything else away. There should be a piece of bread that stays on the table. In the morning, when you have a new bread, you can eat the bread from Friday night. And then you leave the bread until Seudah Shilishit. Seudah Shilishit, you're going to eat new bread. You can take the old bread and eat it and put new bread on the table. But there should not be a time on Shabbat, according to the Zohar, that there's no bread on your table. If you have an issue with mice, you might not want to follow the Zohar. <laughs> My friends, this is not the halakha, but this is Alpi Kabbalah. This is a very deep yesod. Why? Because what we're being taught by the Zohar is that the shulchan of a person, the table of a person in their home, is commemorative of, is representative of, the shulchan in the Beit HaMikdash. The food that you eat on the shulchan is as if it's compared, shulchan domeh, the mizbeach. But the shulchan itself of a Jew in his home is like the shulchan in the Beit HaMikdash. And I thought to myself, very interesting, that what that means is that the laws of the shulchan also apply to the laws of our shulchan. So therefore, the Zohar is telling you this great secret of keeping the bread there. Rabotai, we already just learned that. That the lechem that sits on the shulchan is lechem, panim, lefanai, tamid, are there always. The same bread that's there always in the Beit HaMikdash on Shabbat is there always during the week. Now, he says something interesting. He says, does a person have to do this during the week? He says, no. Why? Because Shabbat is mikor haberacha, is the source of all blessing. So the beracha that you find, that you draw down with this behavior, with this practice on Shabbat, is, sustains him for the, entire week, uh, for the entire week through. So I want to share with you something that I found really interesting about this idea, about the concept of having bread on the shulchan for the entirety of Shabbat. What is this idea uh, of, ha- of having that there? The Torah tells us when it's describing how to build a shulchan, it teaches us something very interesting. It says that you should build around the, what's it called? The, uh, the shulchan, a mezgeret. What is a mezgeret? Can someone translate that into English? A frame. It's enclosed. The shulchan itself is enclosed. Now that's a funny thing. Because normally, when you have a shulchan, right, you don't have a frame around the shulchan. Right? That's not something you would have. It looks almost like a fence. The word mezgeret comes from the word sagur, to close. And what we're learning here is about one of the great ideas that is brought down by the Rishonim, by the great uh, scholars of the, uh, of, uh, that, that exist pr- before our era of the Aharonim. The Rishonim is the time of Rambam, the time of Rashi, the time of the Ba'alei Tosafot, the time of the Rashba, the Ritva. That's the time of the Rishonim. Okay? The Rishonim, many of them write this idea. What does it mean that there was a misgeret around the Shulchan? That means that the Shulchan was enclosed. It wasn't open. What does that mean? A person in this life has opportunities to run after different things. 
I always like to point out that um, the word for what for running is larutz, rats. The word for desire is rotze. And in, in effect, when a person in this world is running after something, they expose and they show that that's really what their deepest desire is. You want to know what a person wants the most? What do they run after? In fact, in a beautiful moment after we finish a masechet, we point this out. Anu ratzim, him ratzim. We run and they run. The Jews run and the nations of the world run. They run a good deal faster than we run. Jews don't generally win marathons. But we run and they run. Where do we run? We run to the life of Torah. Where do they run? The Be'er Shahat. They run to a pit of destruction. I have never thought to myself, stopping a person, non-Jewish, running on the street. Where are you running, honey? Uh, you, you want, can I get you an Uber to the pit of destruction? You know, do you know where the, where are you going? No one has ever answered you. I'm late, I'm so sorry, I'd love to talk. I have a day, I'm in the pit of destruction is calling, right? You know what the answer is, my friends? No one notices that they're running to Be'er Shahat, to a pit of destruction. No one notices that. But if you don't choose what you run to, that is your default destination. Let me explain what that means. I don't know if you ever noticed that when you order an Uber, Uber is uh, very proactive. It decides where you're going. You ever notice that? It chooses the address. It chooses the address. Sometimes you're going and puts it in. You ever had it? You start typing. You type one, <laughs> right? Your address one fifty one E seventy second. You typed one. That's all you typed. One. Uber is like that eager kid in kindergarten. Oh, I know this one. I know one fifty one E seventy. No, that's not where I'm going. Happened to live there. I could go to other places, right? David Amelech says something incredible. He says that when I used to go all the different places, my, my legs, where did they take me? My legs took me to the Bet Midrash. So if I spaced out on the road, where did I end up? I ended up in the Knis, ended up in the Bet Midrash, ended up in the Bet Knesset. My friends, Anu Ratzim Ve'em Ratzim. You could have a default run. Where are you running to? Be'er Shachat. What's the, the pit of destruction that everyone runs to? Unless they pay attention, unless they choose to choose, that pit of destruction is a six-foot opening in the ground. Not a pothole in New York City. A six-foot opening in the ground that every single one of us is heading towards. That grave that sits waiting for every man and every woman in this world at the end of your life. If you're not careful, you're running towards Be'er Shachat. That pit doesn't become the resting place for your body. It becomes the deterioration place for your body. So the unbelievable opportunity we have is to choose to make this world a beautiful journey, a race towards something important, or a race towards nothingness. What if you're a foodie? You love food. I love food. But you know what? There's got to be a gvul. There's got to be a gvul. Sometimes you go to a restaurant. And the guy, there's a steak on the menu. The steak is three hundred. Dachilak, could you order the second most expensive steak? That's misgeret, misgarto. You want to sit at the Shabbat table. You want to drink. You love wine. You love French wine. You love Californian wine. You love. I don't know what kind of wine you. Love. You love wine. You're sitting. You're drinking. Okay, one, two, three. How much? I love scotch. I'm not a wine guy. I enjoy my scotch. Ask my children, ask my friends, 
You will never, ever, ever see me drunk. Ever. Except for Purim. What, you're just going to get drunk? You're just going to throw your consciousness away? I don't understand. Is this, is this clear? What the Torah was communicating is, the Shulchan, which represents all physical desires of this world, food, which is one that we all share, right? We all enjoy a good uh, steak, pizza, not at the same time, pasta, this, kibbehamda, yabra, whatever, amazing. We all love it, but there's got to be some misgeret. A person could love, could run after and enjoy, and God wants you to enjoy the pleasures of this world, all of them. But there's got to come a point where we say, okay, this is not what life is all about. Next time you go to a good store, and I'm not talking about a little Morton Williams where you have a little upstairs and a big downstairs, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a bomb shelter store like we have here in Manhattan. I'm talking about next time you go to a store in New Jersey. Okay? Where land is cheap because no one wants to move. No, I'm joking. Okay, fine. Jersey boy. Right? Love Jersey with all my heart. Jersey strong. Okay? You go to a place like New Jersey. You go to a place like Muncie. Yeah, you ever go to a a real... People from other countries, they come here, they can't understand. They're walking like this with their carriages. Go to... I just, just... I want you to do this next time. Go to the aisle. There's an aisle. Every aisle, it tells you what's on the aisle. Better than that, you should walk extra, you know, with a little bit of extra exercise while you get fattening food for yourself. So we have to tell you, don't walk down this aisle if you don't need it. Big sign, cereal. There's an entire aisle, both sides of the aisle, by the way. Cereals. And, and I'm just walking down, and the first time I walked down, I was like, ooh, Oh, it was like a trip down memory lane from my childhood. But after a while, I started thinking to myself, does anyone need this many cereal options? Where have we become as a society? Now, it used to be Coca-Cola. But that wasn't enough, so we had to have cherry Coca-Cola. But that wasn't enough, so we had to have vanilla Coca-Cola. And then some genius decided that all other fruits would pair really well with Coca-Cola. Have you noticed this? How many options do we need? How many vacations do we need? How many watches? How many shoes? A person, if they're not careful, you know what happens? They run towards Be'er Shahat. Their life, at the end of their life, they look back, and what was their life? Your great achievement was that you went to this place, Hazaku Baruch. I think to myself, that's why we're so obsessed today as a society with taking pictures of these places. Because you know what? After you come back from that place, you don't have it anymore. So you spent all that money, all that time, all that effort, all that planning, and you went there. And where did you come back to? Here. So we take pictures because it's like we recognize that we've forgotten about this misgeret. Abu Tai, enjoy, 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 enjoy. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. But, but, but recognize that if all you do is enjoy, then you're probably missing out on things that bring true, lasting, permanent enjoyment. So the Torah tells us, I want you to understand, this shulchan, it has a misgeret. But you know what? It's never lacking anything. 
There's never a time when it doesn't have bread. I'm not asking you because there's religions that ask of a person in seeking to try and balance the physical and spiritual. There's either a life of pure physicality or one of zero physicality. Beat yourself up. Fast every other day. Roll around in the snow. Torture yourself. Deny yourself everything. We do not believe that holiness is achieved by not being married, by being a priest. We don't believe that. We don't believe in fasting all the time. We don't believe it. In fact, there's a fascinating Gemara. The Gemara says that the Nazir needs to bring a Korban. You know why he brings a Korban in Nazir at the end? A Korban Chatat, says the Gemara. He brings a Korban Chatat because he said, I'm not going to have wine. God gave you wine to enjoy. And what did you do? You pushed it away? Hashem, like a father, like a parent, says, I bought this for you. Why are you not having it? Why are you swearing you're not going to have this thing? Don't swear anything off. Your table should always have food on it. But at the same time, with some level of a misgeret. I remember once I had a very interesting conversation with a, uh, uh, with a, a very wealthy man. He's an interesting guy, very deep thinker. And I was talking to him and I said, listen, you know, you obviously you're doing very well for yourself. I said, how do you make sure that your kids are not rich kids? You're a rich guy. By definition, your kids are rich kids. How do you make sure that your kids are rich kids, but not rich kids? Not spoiled, not entitled, not uh, need everything their way, not weak, they melt if anything is... How do you make sure? So he says, I have a practice. I said, what's your practice? He says, if I ever go to a hotel, or if I ever buy a car, or if I ever go to the restaurant, my first question is, what is your second best room? I can afford the room, I can afford the best room, I can afford to buy the hotel. But I asked them, what is the second best room? What is the second best seat on the plane? What is the second best car? I teach my kids, don't deny yourself really beautiful, wonderful things. But you need the best. A person who needs the best is a person who's never satisfied. It's fascinating to notice that when the Torah tells us about the Aaron, it differentiates from how it tells us about the Shulchan. And let me read you two Pesukim and that will end. The Pasuk says, Vasita Aaron, and you should make an Aaron. You should make Aaron uh, from, that is out of gold, out of, out of uh, cedar wood. Two and a half long. I think there's an echo in here. And an ama and a half wide. And one and a half high. Two and a half by one and a half by one and a half. When it comes to the Shulchan, Interestingly enough, the Shulchan, it says, when you're building the Shulchan, how, what are the measurements of the Shulchan? Two by one by one and a half. So the, the, the length and the height, okay, the length and the width of the Shulchan are whole measurements. And by the Aaron, every one of the measurements is measurements and a half. The idea that we're communicating 
is that there is no misgeret when it comes to the Aaron, when it comes to Torah. A person should always feel that they have much more to learn, much more to grow when it comes to matters of the spirit. But when it comes to matters of physicality, in that place, a person should always feel full. I have a full measure. What does Yaakov say to Esav? Yeshli, kol. What does Esav say? Yeshli, rav. I have a lot. Why? Because for Yaakov, the physical is the second best. It's the second most important. So for him, whatever he has, that's enough. With with Esav, his physical, his religion is his physicality. So where, where is his Aaron? His Aaron is in how many animals he has, how many cars he drives, how many watches uh, he's managed to buy. My friends, they say, What does it mean, Length of days is bimino. What does it mean, smolo oshiv echavod? Rabbis explain if you open up a sefer in Hebrew, a Hebrew book opens, right, this way. It doesn't open this way. So if you have a student and he's sitting there and he looks, orech yamim bimino, he looks to the right, how many pages he's covered already, right? That person merits long life. Because he says, look, I only studied this. If a person looks to the left, and he says, oh my gosh, look at how much there is to study. He looks to the left side of him. That guy, he chases a different life. He chases the life of Oshiv Echavod. That person who's looking to the right is a person who understands the half midah of the Aaron. My friends, we should all merit to be able to have exactly what we just said uh, uh, from, uh, from, uh, the, uh, from the, the chasings of spirituality versus physicality. And the, uh, the, the sefer written by the uncle of Rabbi Yosef Karo, Rabbi Yitzhak Karo, he states something incredible. He says that at the end of a person's life, he says the great tzaddikim of Tsarfat of France, the Rishonim, they would be buried at the end of their time in the shulchan, in the table that they had throughout their life. They would take the wood of the table, okay? I always thought hazi, because they come back from a funeral. Now, not only different people, they have no father, now they have nowhere to echo, right? They come back, <laughs> you know, they, they can't, they have no table anymore. But either way, the people of Tzarfat, that's what they would do. They would bury them, it says, in the shulchan, in the table that they sat at. Not just the great tzaddikim, but the sefarim bring down as well um, uh, about a, he, the Yitzhak brings down about a certain uh, man, his name was Reb B. Moshe Zbaro, I think. At the time, he was, a, he was a sofer. He asked to be buried with his kumus, with his pen in his hand. This was someone that completed 200 Sifret Torah. Okay? And his Sifret Torah, the Chidah writes about them, that they were very exact. They always, they never made mistakes. He wanted his kumus, this, uh, the feather quill that he wrote it with. He wanted in the Olam Ahmed for it to say about him that when he lived his life, the way he ran his business, everything was correct. He used to use two different quills. Every, he wrote God's name only with one quill. Why? Because he felt he couldn't write with the same quill, with the same pen, Hashem's name and Paro's name. Amalek Shimam's name. So therefore he had a separate quill that he used only for God's name. He asked that they bury him with that quill in his hand. He said, take my instrument of my work and let it come with me to the Olam Ha'emet. Let it say about me what I preferred. Did I choose to be honest or did I choose to make a profit? Did I choose uh, to, to sketch or to be real? 
There was a tailor that he writes about. They used to measure his, the, the amounts that he would, the, the, the material for the suits on his table. He has to be buried in his table. That it should say about me that there was never a time that I told someone I sold him two feet and I sold him, you know, one foot, 11 and a half inches. My friends, this shulchan, our experience, our interaction with the physical, it speaks and says a lot about us. And how we figure how to be able to minimize the things that are not as important and maximize the things that are. That, my friends, teaches us um, the most beautiful lesson. Your Shabbat table should have every delicacy on it. But you know what? If you're not saying one Dvar Torah at your Shabbat table, those foods, instead of being on a Mizbech to God, what do we say about those foods? Ya'eni. It's not on the Mizbech of Hashem. It's the opposite. It comes to serve your belly. It goes towards Be'er Shahat. Hashem should bless us. that We should be zocher to have a table that we gather our families around, that we teach our children around. They see the way we eat in the right way, with kavod, the right berachot, the right divrei Torah, the right songs at the Shabbat table. That will bring the most beautiful korban that we could ever bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A family dedicated to Torah, to mitzvot, and to the correct balance. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.